Thank you for joining me for Quite Excellent, episode number 15. Today I'll be reading Paul Lawrence Dunbar's poem, We Wear the Mask, to be read on Monday, April 23rd, 2018. I found this poem in the anthology Americans' Favorite Poems, edited by Robert Pinsky and Maggie Dietz. I received this collection from a friend and mentor, Terry DeBarger, who teaches at Reed High School in Sparks. The poems in this anthology are a wonderful variety, with poets from around the world and through the centuries, selected based on a survey of Americans responding to a simple question, what is your favorite poem? Why? This latter part is included with each poem, including one or two explanations for why these poems mean so much to those who selected them. And in learning about these sometimes intimate relationships between poem and reader, I've learned quite a bit about these poems and poetry in general, actually. The collection receives my highest recommendation. As both my freshmen and juniors embark on class novels, To Kill a Mockingbird and Their Eyes Were Watching God, each involving life in racialized America and highly relevant to the historical context of its publication, a poem like We Wear the Mask is thematically relevant. This is a poem that recognizes the conflict sometimes inherent in presenting ourselves to others, where our outward self is what we are willing to show and our inward self is that which we are unwilling to reveal. Both Americans who chose this as their favorite poem, one from California and the other from Michigan, note how universal this idea is and how much it resonated with them in high school and I think my students are likely to find something familiar in it as well. And yet, I find myself worrying that should we separate Dunbar's experience with masks and his experience with race, we may overlook some important aspects of our national past even as we are comforted uh, by a universal present. Here's the poem. We wear the mask. We wear the mask that grins and lies. It hides our cheeks and shades our eyes. This debt we pay to human guile. With torn and bleeding hearts we smile and mouth with myriad subtleties. Why should the world be overwise in counting all our tears and sighs? Nay, let them only see us while we wear the mask. We smile, but, O oh, great Christ, our cries to thee from tortured souls arise. We sing, but, O oh, the clay is vile beneath our feet, and long the mile. But let the world dream otherwise. We wear the mask. There is likely much that feels familiar in this poem to most. I know that as a teenager, I presented an indifference to the world that I would later mold into a sometimes bold confidence, despite a certainty that I held really closely that I was less attractive, less liked, less valued than others, less an important part of any group I was spending time with. I have often felt incompetent or that it is just a matter of time before the people around me realize that I'm a fraud. Perhaps you have felt or still feel the same. For this reason, Dunbar succeeds in speaking in a universal tongue, white, black, foreign, native. We all hold back parts of ourselves to project other, more self-satisfying images. But the poem is also firmly rooted in time. 
published in 1896, this poem speaks to histories of injustice, both explicit and implicit, both in the abuses of masters and employers and in the expectations of whites of certain status. In the former, slaves or sharecroppers would labor for hours in inhospitable conditions under great abuses, but could be punished for doing anything that wasn't working diligently. And so their face was the mask that withheld, that kept in anger and hurt. But even outside of the fields, African Americans were expected to affect a friendly attitude toward whites. Whites who believed that in allowing African Americans to even be an inferior, subjugated part of society, whites were doing them some great charity. The thought that the Negro left to himself would return to his natural animalistic state. So it's no wonder that in 1930s Maycomb, Alabama, Miss Merriweather, in the novel To Kill a Mockingbird, complains about, quote, sulky darkies. She finds the very idea of an unhappy person of color offensive. So Dunbar addresses Christ, proclaiming the truth that beneath their pretended smiles there are tortured souls. This poem reminds me also of Nella Larson's novel Passing, and explores, uh, which explores rather, the practice of quote passing in America, where people of biracial heritage and light-colored uh, skin pretend to be white, so as to avoid the aggressions of society, even using makeup to lighten skin beyond their natural shade. This idea of hiding heritage to hide our cheeks in Dunbar's poem which may be of a darker pigment naturally, and to shade our eyes, which might not be the all-American, all-white blue that a person passing might prefer, is another mask, one that permits an easier transition and success in white society. Hiding blackness created an easy life, even as some of the characters in the novel struggled with a sense that they were abandoning who they really are. There is another read that is important here, one notable for Paul Lawrence Dunbar's active engagement in civil rights efforts. And that is a mask that hides pain so as to project strength where others might not see it. In our discussions of the Harlem Renaissance, we consider how many African Americans wanted to assert a positive, middle, and upper class picture of the man of color. Although wages were well under what whites were paid and jobs were often less available, Art often featured people of color in formal clothing, in lavish settings, with an easy manner, and made efforts to dress and behave this way publicly themselves, even if their incomes couldn't generally provide for an extravagant lifestyle. In this way, a culture of prosperity and a feeling of having made it flourished, a rebuke to the expectations of whites that blacks would always be poor and shiftless and lower class. This was an affirmation that we are here and we are powerful and we have a voice and no one will stop that voice. So despite his poem predating the Harlem Renaissance by decades, when, Paul, when Dunbar notes the mask that grins and lies and asks why the world should be overwise in seeing the many tears and sighs of black Americans... He is encouraging the wearing of a mask that projects power. Quote, Let them only see us while we wear the mask. There's still a deep pain, 
as he laments to Christ, but the world should see only the dream of what Dunbar and many others had for the future of African American peoples. The exclamation point that ends this poem and restates its title for the third time is then part of this really important affirmation. Dunbar is asserting with pride that the wearing of masks need not be a means of withholding insecurity and pretending, but an act of taking control of your life, regardless of how the world would see you, of becoming the person and the people that you see on the horizon in your future, of becoming the self you want to be by demanding that the world recognize you as you will make yourself. We will be reading We Wear the Mask on Monday, April 23rd, 2018. If you enjoy this podcast, have suggestions, or would like me to direct an eye toward a particular poem or poetic device, leave a comment at LeidenTeaches.com. The content of this podcast is used under Copyright Law Chapter 1, Section 110 as a companion to in-class instructional activities and ownership of these texts remain with their stated authors. Thank you for joining me for Episode 15 of this podcast. I hope that between now and the next time you hear from me, you discover and savor a few things that you yourself find quite excellent. <laughs>